Hello. You are listening to En Her Element podcast, featuring Maria Elena Madokin and Leo Kadia Chwafe. Enjoy the show. excited i'm also really tired this is me trying to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> miss i went out last night i got home at midnight oh you did and then i went yeah and then i went and then i did car i did i lifted this morning oh you did and i came straight here yeah so Ooh. oh yeah yeah a minute i woke up early and worked out and then i couldn't get my oil change i felt really Such an adult. i really i really felt good about that it was it was overdue so they said my car looks good, so no damage done. <laughs> um, okay, part three of the cookout, of the cookout, of the cookout. Um, last we had talked, you had mentioned your three people from the Black diaspora, specifically in Latin America, that you chose. That, or the Caribbean, or the depending Car- on who you're asking. Caribbean, yeah. depending on who you're asking, um, that you talked about. Um, it's my turn. Yeah. I just have two people. And what I'm going to say is the like how much you like literature, which you have expressed. That's how I feel about history. Yeah, it's um, funny because I studied history and you studied poli sci. I also I did study history. Oh, I, have, I have a minor in history. Huh? Interesting. I kind of stumbled upon the minor. Actually, it was not. It was just like oh, I'm taking all these classes. It, Might as well get something. It really was. It. The lady was like, "You only need to take two more history classes," and I was like, "Well." I need to find two more classes to take. So I did. Yeah, um, but um, I really like history because history tells us who we were, mm. who we are, and who we can become. Mm. The become part's interesting because you can become many things. That's anthropological. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I really like history. And I really like learning about people and their thoughts and how they viewed society and what society can tell us and them what also fascinates me about history and the spirit of black history month is history tends to be written by the you call the winners you victors. call the victors uh or the, the or the oppressors yeah. right or the people who were around longer to write it down right around longer, you forget that right around mm-hmm. longer to write it down so but with that being said depending on who the history is written by, it can be a very one-sided thing. And I think when we talk a lot about Black history, right, it's very written by a whitewashed, white perspective a lot. We've mentioned... Well, and it's mm-hmm. this, it's again, this, the idea of using laws and policies to shape the rhetoric of how we remember history, right? Mm-hmm. Recall is recall bias is a real thing mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. when you have people like ron DeSantis using his power to erase history it makes sense as to why you know this is nothing nothing is new on the face of the earth ron DeSantis got this from another playbook mm-hmm. i'm not going to say which playbook i think he got it from because we can all den- denote where he got it from and mm-hmm. i don't want the fbi to like find us out yeah. <laughs> but like I think the Aryan race has a lot to do with the playbook that he's using. Mm-hmm. And so 
with that being said, with I guess the Aryan race, the oppressors, victors, white people in this case, history, especially in America, we're going to talk about that, and the rest of the world too, since this is a very international episode, um, is written by a lot of those people, but it's very a one side perspective. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, the two people that I have chose are black people, black historians. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So I'm I'm really excited. Um, it's just two people, but the first person who I picked is Hakeem Adi. So Hakeem Adi is a British historian. So actually both of these people both have British historians. Um, he's a British historian, um, but not only that, he's the first African-British historian to become a professor of history in the UK. Okay. So he is the I first. I see you, Dr. Adi. Yes, yes. He is amazing. Um, but he only became the the first person mm, 2018 he wrote a book i think this might have been early 2000s i'm trying to find the year right now as i'm as i'm looking at this that's insane yes but entirely it's like it within the past i would say 15 years he has become the first black historian in the uk but if you think about that why is he the first and he's not the only one now but like why is he the first when the uk has had this long as history of just existing and colonizing and there's you know how many black people are in the uk i'm telling you we're everywhere um but black he, people were freed in the uk before they were freed in america yes so mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly but um he is like really monumental in the uk because he really focuses a lot on black history um specifically in the uk and has an impact like the uk as well he was the founding member of the Black and Asian Studies Association, which wow. he chaired for several years in the UK. Um, he also leads the History Matters Group. So this is a current thing, a collection of academics and teachers concerned with the underrepresentation of students and teachers of African and Caribbean heritage within the history discipline. Um, and in 2015, the group convened the History Matters Conference um, of the same name. So he's very much throughout his like history um his his history um throughout his life he has been really on the forefront of putting black and brown voices on the forefront of british history because for the longest time that has not been the case um you can also see now just in in terms of talking about like history like (laughs) there's this joke that talks like the british museum and how they have all and a lot of museums in europe by the way have a lot of artifacts um from different african African countries countries. and it's like now there's kind of this like movement to like bring right like bring all these artifacts back to where they belong because mm-hmm. a lot of them were also stolen um probably most of them were stolen right most of them i don't think no nigeria no nigeria was like here let me hand you this mask so you can put it in your right. museum up in london like or, no or mm-hmm. the remains of our ancestors mm-hmm. right like, that's real mm-hmm. um and currently right now he lectures in african history at the university of Chichester in West Sussex. I don't know if I said that right, but he chairs at that <laughs> university. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, so okay, uh, I... H, tell us how to pronounce that. Right. <laughs> tell us. Um, but uh, I, le- I learned about him my senior year of college mm-hmm. um, in the same class, African History of the Novel, which is, a, if you go to George Washington University and you're thinking of a class, take that course. Um, but no, um, he... Uh, he has done a lot for me in terms of, like, I think, learning a lot, especially he talks about, like, Black British history. Mm-hmm. But I think recognizing how Black history is part of a 
insert nation's history mm-hmm. and putting it on the forefront and he was very big of being like this history has been taken away from me and a lot mm-hmm. of people who look like me mm-hmm. and i want to take back that history and i think what's interesting is he's the first like black british professor right so that's saying that like for the time before him history was taught by white professors mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that is talking about how history is usually one-sided and from a different perspective for the longest time in uk history it was taught history is taught by white professors so of course they're not going to touch on these subjects and if they do they're not knowledgeable in these subjects or it'll be that one line and then they became free and like that's mm-hmm. it so he's he's someone that i admire a lot and i really like and he's just really cool um the second person that i want to mention um i actually learned recently about her so i actually don't know a whole lot about her if i'm being honest um but olivette otele um she is she works at the university of bristol um she is the first black woman in britain to become a history lecturer um she is from cameroon uh, which okay. I really like. So she was from Cameroon. not <laughs> So maybe that's why I like her. And I actually don't know a lot about her. I recently discovered who she is. Okay. So I want to research into her. But she was born in Cameroon, raised in France. Um, okay, the first I'm black... I know, right? She's the first black woman in Britain history to become a history lecturer. Um, and also the nation's first professor of the history of slavery and memory enslavement. Mm. Um, which is really big and important. Um, I really don't have a lot to say about her and that, and I want to look more into her. Um, the fact that she's the first Black woman, I mean, this is only, like, 2018. So, that's, well, like... And also, <laughs> wasn't, like, Cameroon one of the countries that was, like, known for practicing slavery amongst the, uh, amongst Black people? Like, it happens everywhere. No, but yeah, I mean, Cameroon's on the coast, yeah. right? So, like, any country, any country that was on the coast, for the most part, practiced slavery because like if they're on the coast so i don't know she has she brings a one i think a female perspective mm-hmm. of history that's great um to the fact that she's the first person of history of enslavement and like slavery and memory enslavement like well slavery is a touchy subject because it's talked about so much that sometimes it's for a lot of people like oh my gosh we keep talking about it and so we talk about black history is very much like we talk about something else we already know about it Do um i feel like it loses mm-hmm. its like like it's taste to a certain extent like yes i think it does i think like it's still very important to talk about but i think sometimes we over talk about it but on the other hand with over talking about it i think sometimes people lose like the gravity of like what it is mm-hmm. and like how it impacted people but also at the same time too it kind of loses taste i feel like there's like more to it but i think there's also i'm glad we still talk about there's many facets but i'm also still glad we talk about because i think we talk about it from a very one-sided perspective though like there's many elements that happen with the slave trade africans participate in the slave trade um i think also talking about when it ended versus when it maybe actually ended too i feel there's like two different days like juneteenth for example Mm -hmm. when you're talking about like slavery there's i mean like the proclamation that Abraham Lincoln made, but then Juneteenth, the reason we have Juneteenth, it was the day that like pretty much everyone Texans found out, uh, Texans yeah. found out which was, I forget the time frame, but it was like months yeah. afterwards. Because we didn't have the internet. We didn't, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the internet. And also the thing about, and also the thing about that um, slave owners, they heard about it. They knew about it when it happened, but they're like, if we don't tell them, 
they won't know. And so some of them did not tell their slaves and they their slaves only found out after the fact. Um, so and people are illiterate, right? And people are illiterate, right? People can read, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that's why, like, Juneteenth is, like, there. not every African enslaved Black person was illiterate. Let me put that out there. That's I'm not sh- that stupid. Right. <laughs> not, not, there's a lot that were illiterate, but not all of them. It not was also illegal for them to, to read and write. Right. So, so mean, even if you didn't know how to read and write, it's not like you can't pretend like you know. Right. You can't be like, you know, I was reading the Bible the other day. And John, they'll be like, how did you know what Abraham said? Like, they'd be how like, how did you know what a Bible was? Exactly. Um, so I don't know. I, she's, she's really cool, but I think he had a thought about, a, uh, uh, oh, slavery. Oh, my thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, I think, yeah, I did have a thought. Like, I think that, for example, we don't talk about the other people who've been enslaved, right? I, th- I think we talk a lot about African slavery. We don't talk mm-hmm. about we don't talk about you know Indian countries of people who were enslaved. Enslaved. We don't talk about mm-hmm. right. we don't talk about you know the Jewish people who have for generations been enslaved in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't talk about palestinians that may or may not be enslaved currently like these are like these are atro- atrocity atros- atrocities 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 can't speak english i know we're tired <laughs> these are atrocities these are crimes against humanity mm-hmm. and i think that because we talk about black slavery so much and i think this is part of our indoctrination we both went to public school so mm-hmm. We're fully indoctrinated in the, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. whatever indoctrination you might. We can talk about education off on a different topic, but mm-hmm. I think that it's lost its severity mm-hmm. that these are crimes yeah. against humanity. Mm-hmm. When we don't, when we talk about just slavery, just slavery, just slavery, just slavery, like the fact that we use the words just and slavery together is disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what's also important too on the topic of like history I mentioned history tells us a lot about who we are as a people mm-hmm. the past the present and the future mm-hmm. um and I think part of kind of losing the taste or like I think people have some be- become so um I think immune to like talking mm-hmm. about it mm-hmm. but one of the reasons why I think it's cool that Miss Olatet doctor excuse me Auntie Olivia, Olivia. <laughs> uh-huh. Why it's really cool that she's like the professor of like history of slavery and like memory of slavery and all that stuff. And granted, this is probably like in the UK, right? So mm-hmm. their history is like different. Um, but I think part of the reason why it's important to talk about slavery, but not to make sure that we don't lose the significance and the atrocities of it, is because it still affects us now. Mm-hmm. So I think people for people really much use it as like this happened in like 17, 18, 16, 15, whatever what year when, when you want to talk about it. And like that's it, period, end of story. Okay. But full full cap. Um, but not full cap though, mm-hmm. with no the cap, story. No because like the history of it and the um the ramifications of it, mm-hmm. that's the word still exists today and the u.s was that there's this documentary called 13th mm. 13th amendment which i think you recommend to me did i you did you did, did i get through it i usually get pretty weak in those things um i don't know if you got through it, but you told me yeah, about it and i watched it um it is a really good documentary that talks smart. about the u.s prison system yes. and how it disproportionately yes. affects black and brown people mm-hmm. and how it relates 
part of that relates to slavery right and the end of slavery but then what happened how policing is inherently racist Mm -hmm. because it was white slave owners wanting to have their property back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly another thing that i will say in terms of talking about slavery and enslavement and all that there's another book and this kind of goes with like religion um but the color of compromise um look every every white christian i know i'm like have you read the color of compromise they probably can't stomach it They don't have the balls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this remind me of a memory, but th- we're not talking about the memory. But what I will talk about is the book does a really good job of talking about just in general, like uh Christian Christian history, but Christianity, excuse me, in the United States and how race has played a part of it. But part of the book that I really like it, it talks about from the beginning of like slavery and enslavement and how that still, along with Christianity, affects Christianity and how we view it today. In America in terms of talking about race so all that to say I use the two examples to talk about like I don't want us as a society to become insensitive or immune to talking about like slavery and enslavement I think we need to talk about it in new and different ways and make sure you put all elements to the story and also there's not just enslavement of black and brown of just black people there's enslavement of people everywhere we forget that it still happens today in time as we speak but we also need to remember that like what has happened like 300 400 500 years ago still affects us today and how we view society in terms of race how we view black and brown people Mm -hmm. so that's the point that i want to make so i really like these two people for talking about them awesome so yeah so now how are we coming together (laughs) how are we coming together okay this part i want to talk like essentially talk about we've talked about the black and african and black diaspora we talk about how they're everywhere we talk about people who are part of the diaspora who have played significant roles whether in literature or like history um but how do we like tie in all together and i think it was really interesting like in my line of work specifically um i am working on a like a project to really incorporate more people of african diaspora in the work that we do but some of the things that we that is difficult um in doing that is if we're talking about the african diaspora in this case really we're talking about like in the u.s and like different africans who have either immigrated in my line of work either immigrated second or first generation and like bring them all in our work is that like they all have differing opinions of how things should get done and in this case when it comes to africans it really goes into like country what language you probably speak to tribalism things like that so that's a whole nother thing but as i was thinking about my work and like thinking about this topic how do we come together and how we come together because like we're both we're all like oppressed right and but we all both have contributions and things we want to bring to society and how do we do that and that's a question that's like bigger there's a conversation that's like bigger than like we it is bigger but it's also very simple but it's also very simple okay what's your simple because i have i have a thing i have an example Mm -hmm. i think my simplification is going through Mm -hmm. through this is there's two things that oppressors use and i think that this is what makes them so scared Mm -hmm. one create differences right Mm -hmm. create those differences and stick to those differences colorism racism Mm -hmm. Um, use that, you know, proximity to whiteness. Like we saw this in in Rwanda in the early '90s with the Hutus and the Tutsis when they were exhibit A, right? Mm -hmm. Like they 
they were the same people. They were they were the same. Like there was no difference. They're the same. They were just two different tribes, mm-hmm. right? And living coexisting in one space, and they coexisted for a very long time mm-hmm. until the Belgium government came in and you know created these differences cr- to be able to manipulate and to continue to oppress. And I think that what we're realizing as a society is that we're no longer going to let ourselves be manipulated by the oppressor. Mm-hmm. So one calling out their bullshit and then coming together and realizing that we are so much more similar than we are different. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what people fear mm-hmm. the most. It's because you said history is who we were, where we are and who we can become. And I think mm-hmm. that when we realize that we're all being oppressed by the same oppressor, mm-hmm. we will be stronger than any voting power, any legislative power. Mm-hmm. And we, we see that in Congress now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. This kind of goes with the point that I made in the notes. The example that came to mind when I thought about it was the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, just, it's still, it's still going on. I want to reiterate that. But there was a period when it was like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Um, and I have an example here. So Black Lives Matter movement started 20... 20- 14? 14, thank you. Um, 2014. Um, really ramped up or maybe got brought more into light after the killing of George Floyd in 2020. Um, but what was really beautiful about this movement is like, yes, it originated in America. And when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, you're thinking what's happening in America. But it was like a worldwide movement among Black people like everywhere. The perfect example that I have, um, so her name is Asa... I think that's how you say her name. It's a Spanish name. No, it's it's not. She's French. So this is. Oh, speak French. <laughs> see and that, see and that's and that's the part. Oh, no, the page doesn't exist. Okay, actually, but I know the story. It's fine. Um, but uh, this woman, her brother, so, she, so she's a French woman, um, who was on the forefront of the Black Lives Matter movement in France, mm. and I think it was twenty. It might have been twenty eighteen. Her brother was killed uh, in police confinement. Is that the word I'm trying to use? Yes. Essentially, the police arrested her brother. I don't know what happened, but he was killed in their hands, oh, wow. essentially, like in jail. Um, and for about a year. Custody? Cust- thank you. Thank we you. Are, we are really using words. Right. Today. Right. I was like, this were him. He was, thank you, killed under police custody. Um, and I think it took about a year or two before they figured out exactly what had happened. Um. And for years, she was, like, protesting on the streets of, like, Paris being, like, like justice, like, for, like, my brother. You know what I mean? And then finally, like, when the Black Lives Matter movement, after the killing of George Floyd, it, like, re-brought up that case again in France. Because we all saw what happened. We don't need to talk about that. And then, and then. We don't need to talk about current events that happened. And we're not going to, because I'm going to cry. And I I don't have to cry. I have shit to do today. Um, But. <laughs> you look very nice. Don't cry. <laughs> She's been crying like three times already. Um, but all that to say, it really ramped up the movement in Paris. And I think afterwards, I forget the end of the story. I think they found things things Justice, happen. Yeah. yeah, but it's still an ongoing conversation. And for me, that was an amazing example because I saw everywhere throughout the world a lot of people in different in different parts of the world who part of the Black diaspora started like doing their own movements and protests in their own countries because it became a larger conversation of like this is happening in america right and there's this thing that happened in france but a lot of other countries was very much like 
what how is our government treating us we have been oppressed for years colorism is a big thing right all these things um and so that was like a moment where like everybody like really like gathered together and even was like a thing in africa too as well i mean africa is a black and brown country but you have the history of colonization was still in very much in effect today Mm -hmm. neo-colonization and a lot of black people started rising up to like different european powers because europe plays a huge hand in what's happening in Africa, like, Was it right Barbados now. that just became... Um, no. Yes, it was. It yes, was it was, because Rihanna was there. When I... Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? See? Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico has never been free. Mm-hmm. It, well, since it was colonized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And seeing Barbados mm-hmm. be, you know... It's been its own republic for a while, you know, but it was, it was they, definitely a they formality. Left the they left, the, they commonwealth. left the commonwealth. And it was definitely, um, it just makes me happy. I just want to see more people giving a big middle finger to their colonizers. Mm-hmm. And um, it just makes me happy, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know no, what to explain other, no, than, and that's a part other of than I have no words. And when I don't have words, there must be something deep. Right. And that's just part of what the Black Lives Matter movement is, right? I think in general, right, if you made to break it down, it is going against a system and people who are against us for a very long time and being like, we have a say just as much as in this context, our white counterparts, right? Yes, it was started in America, right? Among Black Americans, but the fact that it transformed and went to different countries in the world and every country with their own diaspora, right, has their own story of how they got there and what happened in their own, like, what the oppressors are doing. But it was this very unifying act in 2020 mm-hmm. that, like, happened. And it was, like, beautiful to see, which goes, I think, to your question, or not your question, your statement, excuse me, of just, like, when you have, like, people, like, coming together and going against this common their biggest fear this common denominator like it was and in different countries like there are different articles and news about it about like how different countries are very much like oh we should really like do something that's like happening because all these people are just like look fuck you like you are not this this and that abc xyz right and so i don't know that was really beautiful so my example is the black lives matter movement which is a worldwide movement um that still exists I just want everyone to say that. Some people are like, did it die out? No, it didn't. Um, that's all I really have to say. So let's close off by quoting <laughs> Mr. Bob Kendrick. Bo Kendrick. Oh, I think my quote, okay, so actually this kind of goes up back. So Bo Kendrick, by the time this episode comes out, it would have been weeks. Um, but he came to speak to our club, um, I guess in this case a couple weeks ago. Um, he's the CEO of the the Negro League Museum. Is he the CEO? Yeah, he's the CEO. Okay, okay. So he's the CEO of the Negro League Museum in Kansas City, which if you have not gone... Have you been? Yeah, at the time of this episode, I have not, the current of this episode, I have not gone yet. So I will go by the end yes. of February. Um, But essentially, the Negro League Museum is the museum that focuses on the baseball, Negro... Negro League Baseball. Negro League Baseball. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll try. Oh, wow. She knows baseball. Yes. Yeah, I'll try to put the words in. Um... Uh, in America, um, it was started in Kansas City, which I didn't realize as yes. he was talking. So the, the mm-hmm. Negro Leagues was chartered in on Paseo, on Paseo. which is, which is a, th- a stone's throw from where um, the Negro League Museum stands now mm-hmm. in, on 18th and Vine. Mm-hmm. This is a very 
Do you know the history of 18th and Vine? I don't no, I don't know. We should do a history podcast. Okay, okay. I don't know the the history of 18th and Mm -hmm. Vine and like how like music, jazz, sports really just came together there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and then the greatest, uh, I'm going to say it, the greatest baseball team that ever existed was the Kansas City Monarchs. Oh, no, no, fact. First of all, no cap. No cap. Period. I said what I said. Um, But this man, he came to speak at our club. Um, and it was like really powerful. I don't have like a direct quote um, from him. I mean, he said so many things. I felt like I was in church. I was like, the spirit is alive. Um, but something that he like mentioned was, so the New York League formed because of segregation. Uh, so because of segregation, they wanted to play baseball. That's all they, they wanted to do. They, they all this, they they're, they're like, I know how to play ball. I just want to play baseball. But the base, but they weren't because of segregation. They weren't able to. So they made a league of their own they're like i just want to play ball and i'm gonna Satchel do this Cage, Buck O'Neal, Jackie Robinson, um, like a bunch of women that i didn't even know about exactly right so but something that you said i think the overarching of this presentation was like this is like really just part of like america this is just part of baseball history like baseball history is, is american history baseball history is american history like this, the history of the negro league is part of baseball history Baseball history is part of American history, and American history involves everybody. I think that's kind of the last thing I really want to say. My quote, really being inspired by Bo Kendrick, is that this is all just American history. Like, what we're talking about is not a weird outlier or just, like, off the cuff. Like, it's, it's part of American history and, like, should be things that are taught in books, right? I should be learning this in school. I shouldn't have to wait till I'm 18 freshman year of college to or learn for a freaking month or for right? a month. Right. Like this should be stuff that we're consistently learning about. So I really do challenge people to like look more into black history and different aspects of black history and different people in all different sectors. Um, it's really beautiful. It is amazing. I think it is kind of, it's great, but it's sad that we have to have a month for it. Right. Like there's month, like there's like Asian American month. There's like, Pacific like, Islander, uh huh, right. There's like the teen. What, what, what is Hispanic it? Heritage Month? Hispanic Heritage Month, which right? Is in the middle of a month, which really bothers. Yeah, half of September and half of October. It's kind of a weird thing, right? Um, right. Um, Women's History Month, right? It's March. March, right? It's cool that we have months to celebrate these things, but why does it have to be a month where we're all like, oh my god, to learn about this, and then the rest of the year not? It should just be stuff that we learn consistently. So I challenge people and I challenge myself to, to learn more about um, black history as well too, because for a lot of like black Americans too, it's a common thing too, that like you just don't know a lot of these people until like you learn on your own in whatever capacity that is. And that's really sad. Yeah. So I'm challenging people and I'm challenging myself to learn more. And um, tomorrow I'm going to say I'm to read a book take, you know what take that ap course that you tried after you take that course it looks really good you might learn something so but yeah. fuck you well, <laughs> I'll say what tell I said. me how you really feel though i just really i have i have i have people <laughs> but yeah i think that and on a really happy note i think that that's it is that you're just as american as i I'm just as American as you are. Mm-hmm. And we're just as American as those people that don't want us here. And guess what? We ain't going nowhere. <laughs> we are everywhere. For real. Exactly. So, 
My name is Mary Elena Mariquin. And I'm Lev Kadia Chuafe. Until next time, take your vitamins. Wait, until next time, stay hydrated, take your vitamins, and be kind. And remember to always come as you are. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Also, happy Black History Month. Yay. <laughs>